Welcome back, Literary Slummers, to another Morph Monday episode of Shelf Aware. And guys, I can't lie, this book was bullshit. <laughs> Get it? <laughs> I'm Anna. And I'm M. This week on Shelf Aware, we read the 28th book in the Animorphs saga, Animorphs, The Experiment. Mm-hmm. Change. Change is a good thing mm-hmm. is what the, or the change is always a good thing is what the cover of the book says. Mine says change is a good thing. A very good thing. Oh, yeah, I've yeah, got yeah. The, Whatever. The heart, the, uh, this is also the first one I got because I've got, I've collected most of the Animorphs books at this point through, like, used bookstores and stuff, but this is the first uh-huh. one I got that still has the, uh, join the Animorphs, accept the power Animorphs Alliance flyer did, in the middle that you can did like. You, are you gonna send it in? Are I you... might. I kind of want to see what would happen. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah, I'm very curious. Um, and if nothing happens, I feel like you should definitely tweet at Ka Applegate and be like, "Hey, listen up." Look, they're offering me a special introductory price of four ninety five for all eight items. So that seems Holy pretty shit. good. That'd be like thirty dollars today. I know, right? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure that's exactly the inflation rate between 1999 and today. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure it is, and I'm certainly not going to look it up. So what do you think of this book, Anna? <laughs> oh, I think I already covered in our intro that was also a pun, but this book was kind of bullshit. Yeah, it wasn't good. <laughs> nope, nope. I did like Axe's point of view in this. Mm. I thought the ghost writer who was uh, Amy, Amy Garvey. Garvey. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Amy Garvey. I thought she really captured... An analytical and humorous tone to Axe, which was missing in previous Axe POVs. Um, But that did not make up for what the fuck was going on in this book. And ultimately, the plot ending in didn't matter. I 100% agreed. I thought that the voice in this book was a lot um, more distinctive than Axe in previous books. And like a lot more enjoyable, I guess. I mean, like Mm -hmm. I've always liked Axe's books, but I thought this was like kicked it up a notch a little bit yeah yeah he's still a huge nerd but a huge nerd who also likes to watch the young and the restless Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. (laughs) but the plot of this was just so atrociously bad this was definitely like bottom Bottom five books for sure bottom tier book for sure Mm -hmm. yeah very disappointing coming off of two rather exciting I say two. We, as we've mentioned before, we record these in batches of two books. So yeah. the, the previous few books have all been, I thought, very um, good. <laughs> well, the last two were what the the exposed, which was the the the, the, the Jake one with the howlers. Right, that was the attack, and then and the exposed was the squid one. So yeah, those the Rachel both one. at least felt more connected to like the overall introducing plot. our new favorite character. Of course, of course. <laughs> But those both, like, had ramifications, right? And we've had this type of book yes. before where it just doesn't matter. And even Cassie comments on it. She's like, you told me I risked my life for literally nothing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Sorry, babe. <laughs> you did. <laughs> <laughs> We're just as disappointed as you. Uh, trust, yes, we are. So let's talk about it, I guess. Let's get into it. Let's do it. Let's. I'm glad we All agree. Right. That this is what we should do. We've come together and we have decided both that we shall henceforth continue on with the podcast episode, which I describe the plot of the book. (laughs) (laughs) You provide commentary on the events. Here we go. Axe has built a scoop 
which is an Andalite home in the middle of the forest, which was, I'm so glad this book clarified that because I was like, what is homeboy doing every day in the woods? But he's Mm -hmm. building a house. (laughs) He got a TV and he technologied all of the cable channels onto it. As Axe does. As one does, yeah. Um, And he also, he at the beginning of the book here, again, there was a lot of Axe characterization I liked, but he basically says that Tobias is his only real friend. Mm -hmm. Um, and also acknowledges that he is Tobias's uncle, which is all I wanted from this series since we found out Axe was <laughs> Tobias's uncle. <laughs> I also liked, and I don't know how intentional this was, but I liked there was a moment early in this book that really, to me, solidified the Axe-Tobias friendship and also mm. made clear exactly how much Axe is fucking with everyone. Yes. Which is um, when Tobias shows up, this is like page six, uh, Axe says, yes, I know. I said, I saw him two minutes ago, although he is trying not to be seen. Um, which any good Stanomorph knows, usually when Marco says a time or Jake says a time or asks Axe for the time, Axe says three of your minutes, which mm-hmm. we've kind of always mm-hmm. assumed is him being a pedantic little fuck to be <laughs> obnoxious. No. He's just a troll. Um, cause when he's alone with Tobias, he's just like, oh yeah, two minutes ago. Um, and later on in the book, he does do the your minutes thing to Marco. Yes. So it is intentional. There is continuity there. Yes. yes I think he's like, he's like, no, my nephew Tobias, they are our minutes. No one else <laughs> understands our minutes. The rest of the world can have their minutes, Tobias, as long as we share ours. <laughs> We are kin, Tobias. My Our boy. Our kin. My precious baby bird boy. <laughs> I will guide you and watch you as my brother could not. <laughs> I'm, I'm 12. So glad, Tobias. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we are the same age, and yet I still feel like I have some sort of seniority over you because I am your uncle. Wisdom and guidance for you, my precious baby boy. <laughs> I'm glad they've got each other there in the mm-hmm. woods when it's the good. rest of the bandalites are like, fuck you, we gotta go to school. We're not gonna bring you a big Mac, Tobias. Eat mouse, bitch. Eat mice. Eat those skunk babies. <laughs> and then we'll yell at you for it later. Oh, how dare you have to feed yourself. Anyway, Tobias and Axe, they hang out in Axe's scoop. They watch a lot of TV, The Young and the Restless. And then... This particular day, Marco interrupts them to go cruising, which must have had a very different definition to middle schoolers in the 90s than it does today. Mm. (laughs) Marco's Mm. like, get in, losers. We're going cruising. (laughs) Uh, Like, we've talked before about how the characterizations vary wildly between ghostwriters, and Marco's Mm. was... Amy definitely took the notes of, like, Marco is a ladies' man and the funny guy and was just like, got it, no further information needed. Because Marco was playing that up. Like, Marco was a problem in this book in a way he hasn't been in the past. I was just like, is this Marco or is this an 80-year-old man who doesn't understand modern, like, mores? I think I totally glossed over the Marco parts, to be honest, because I don't really remember being super annoyed by him. It just, it wasn't even annoyed. It was just like, I felt like he was coming in with his like high-waisted pants and being like, come on, boys, ha-cha-cha, let's go down to the mech shop and see some (laughs) of these dames, you know, like. Yes, Marco was giving off strong, like, just past his prime 
mm-hmm. old man days. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, so they all go to the mall and on their way to the mall to go cruising, the um, <laughs> a FedEx truck stops them and is like, hey, it's me, Eric. Get inside me. I'm hologram. <laughs> Eric. Why? Why Eric? Eric Eric in this book and the next one, he plays kind of a big role as well, is just, what's going on with Eric? We got to talk about him. This book, he makes an absolutely wild claim. So Marco's like, hey, you're going to get sued for being a FedEx truck and stealing their copyright or whatever. And Eric says... They should. They can try, but his lawyer was Moses's law professor, and I guess what? I just have to ask, where the fuck did Moses go to law school? Is my <laughs> question. Like, what are you implying here, Eric? I mean, there was that time where he was like, after he left Egypt the first time, and was like wandering out in the desert and yeah. found that. Like thought he'd get like, a JD from Notre Dame. Yeah, maybe he also went to law school during that time. I don't know. <laughs> what? Like it's hard. <laughs> I just what a bonkers thing for him to say. His lawyer was Moses's law professor. Mm-hmm. Professor. Like I don't think they had colleges in when Moses no, would be part in the Red they Sea. C- they certainly didn't. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like in general, Eric's like references to stuff makes sense to the thing that he's trying to be impressive about. Like he was yes. like, oh, I was Beethoven's manservant or whatever when they were talking about a musical thing. His valet. Yeah. And he was like, oh, so-and-so cut Marie Antoinette's hair or whatever. Like when they're talking Catherine about like. Catherine the Great. Catherine Come the Great. On, right, right, Em. Sorry. <laughs> right. <laughs> Which like, okay, I feel like Marie Antoinette actually would have been a better poll for that. But like whatever. She had big hair. Right, better, like, more known for her, like, style and whatever. But still, like, royal person, style, whatever. Makes sense. But Moses, like, I guess technically the Ten Commandments are sort of laws. But if you were like, hmm, make a reference to a famous law thing, I would never be like, oh, Moses. Yeah, no. Absolutely not. And even if we are saying that the the Ten Commandments are laws, then those were given to him by God. So So is he saying that his lawyer is God? Possibly. The Christian God. The Christian God, which we know are whales also. Also uh, are whales, yes. Are so, also whales. The giant humpback whale in the sky is mm-hmm. Eric's lawyer. Yes. Which also, why does Eric have a lawyer? That implies that Eric has been in legal trouble before, which is worrisome. Maybe that's why he didn't show up as a UPS truck, is all I'm saying. <laughs> also, like, it... It's weird to me the degree of separation because every other time it's been like Eric is the one who did a thing, right? Yes. But this time he's like, my lawyer. Like, why didn't he just say like, oh, I taught Moses law. Like, that would also be wild. But like, why is there this added degree of like, oh, (laughs) my lawyer that I have is Moses' law professor. Each chi has a role. Eric's was hairdresser and valet, so obviously he's more suited to like ser- servant mm-hmm. servitude. But the one chi that was a lawyer, the one chi that was good was at law, Moses's law was Moses's law professor. Eric will probably be like the chi invented law, and so we've there's only ever been one law professor, and it is my lawyer. 
And whenever you think that there's two law professors because they're having a conversation, it's mm-hmm. actually just the same Chi who's been sent back in time by the Elemist in order to have that conversation to make it appear that there are multiple law professors. Yes. And they're just yes. using, it's just the same Chi using a different hologram. Yes. Yale Law School is just one big hologram. Anytime there is a court case, it's the same chi arguing both sides in a hologram using time travel. The show Suits is technically a hologram of a hologram. (laughs) Meghan Markle is a chi. Oh my god. And now she's a princess. Mm -hmm. This was their Mm -hmm. plan the whole time. Actually, she's not a princess anymore. Oh, yeah. She like dipped That's out, true. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, I don't actually know how that I can't works. Be- can you believe that that happened in 2020? Because I can't. I'm so proud of her. <laughs> she's destroying the British monarchy one from of the, the inside. Things, one of the good things to come out of this hell year. <laughs> I love it. Markle is an icon, and anyone who speaks shit about her is an idiot. Oh, I hope she's a chi, and I hope in one of these books, Eric's like, well, well. Oh, I don't know how to, I don't, never mind. I don't know how to, I don't know how to connect the two. So anyway, Marco Tobias and the X find out from Eric that the Yerks bought an animal testing laboratory and a meat packing plant. And they're not sure why, and they're not sure when this happened, only that it wasn't recently. In my notes, I accidentally typed meat packing planet. <laughs> <laughs> well, what else are we going to do with Saturn? Yeah. So Marco's like, they're going after my burgers. We got to come up with a plan. So they tell the rest of the Bandalites that Eric, the FedEx truck, shared this information with them. And they decide to go snoop on the animal testing facilities first. So (laughs) they morph into their birds of prey and head over there. And the facility is covered in this giant force field dome. So the only way to get in is either walk in the front door or to go inside a truck that is doing animal deliveries and they see someone pull up in a truck and they're like the person in the truck is like i have conveniently enough six chimps in the back here and i will be back tomorrow at this exact same time to drop off the same amount of six convenient chimpanzees check (laughs) off for each of the six bandalites in case you weren't following for whatever reason so the Bandalites are like, great, let's go pick up some chimpanzee morphs from the garden and get inside this truck. But then Cassie's like, well, he said chimpanzees, but maybe he's an idiot and doesn't know if he's got a monkey or an ape in the back of his truck. So we need to come up with this really stupid and convoluted plan to get in the truck, grab the morphs, and then set the animals inside the truck free so we can take their place and get inside the animal testing facilities. This was... The worst Cassie has Agreed. possibly ever been. Like, Which, it's so bad because the next book is the Cassie POV. She's very mm-hmm. good in the next Yes, book. yes, yes. And we'll get to that. But let's but focus apparently on Amy Garvey has listened to our podcast not, and she was like, not a Cassie I also stand. hate Cassie. <laughs> I feel that, like, so much of this book felt like a parody of, like, environmentalism almost. Yes. Where it was like... I like I couldn't tell what exactly like I felt like maybe and this is huge levels of projection and leaping but yes I felt like maybe Applegate exactly I mean like what else is new but I felt like maybe (laughs) Applegate was like 
I want to write a book that explains to kids like that eating meat is bad and Mm -hmm. not good and like animal testing is bad and Mm -hmm. not good and Amy Garvey was like not on board with that (laughs) I'm not a vegetarian I'm a carnivore (laughs) yeah and I mean like sorry to Amy Garvey if you're listening (laughs) I think for the most part they ended up in like a pretty like middle of the road like yeah you know we should be nicer to animals and not use them for testing when we don't have to but like at the same time cassie specifically is so like the others just shit on her yeah and she's like so parodically over the top in terms of her like devotion to saving animals i'm like she hasn't been this way in the even the skunk book where she was like we need to save the skunks because I feel bad for the skunks. It wasn't like this where she's like, I'm willing to throw away everybody's like the entire plan yes. and like the whole, the success of this mission in order to save a chimpanzee. Like that has never been her MO, right? I wonder if, if the next book, the, the Cassie POV we have coming up is like a direct retaliation to this one. Maybe. Feels, but I think there's some lines in that book where she's like, well, I'm, I don't go around hugging trees, but blah, blah, blah. Like, she does make some reference to not being as yeah, yeah, hippy-dippy yeah. as this book makes her seem. Or it could just be that whole, like, again, I think the ghostwriters were probably given, like, a few bullet points about each character, and they extrapolated different things from it, mm-hmm. you know? Like, Cassie's Amy Garvey was like, mother. yeah, Amy Garvey's like, oh, she's into nature. That means that she's going to like put animals above humanity always and like in a weird way that doesn't super make sense and is problematic for the animals that she releases like we went over this with the parrot thing too where it's like you can't just do that you can't just release them into what we know is san francisco like that's not a good idea (laughs) yeah so the plan the plan is thus uh the next day they all meet up at a tunnel, the truck has to drive through to get to the facility. Um, Axe and Tobias have been timing how long it takes vehicles to get through the tunnel. And depending on traffic, it is between four to seven minutes, which is like a huge difference, but whatever. So they have four to seven minutes to pull off this plan. They all go to this tunnel and they morph into seagulls. It's a long ass tunnel, right? It's a huge tunnel. Yeah. I don't know if maybe <laughs> there's a lot of stoplights in it. I don't know. They all go to this tunnel and they morph into seagulls and they fly in onto the truck land on it they then morph into humans so that they can open the back door of the truck and swoop in all in full view of other drivers but like fuck it i guess i don't know what they're (laughs) thinking here i mean they're in a tunnel so maybe it's dark maybe but they definitely make mention of how someone saw them (laughs) dark ish (laughs) they're not good at subterfuge or whatever this is um they then grab the morphs the chimpanzee morphs because, yes, they are chimpanzees. Like, they, they could have just gone to the garden and become chimpanzees. But whatever. This was stupid. And then they just let the real chimpanzees go. Like, they shove them out of the back of a moving truck and let them run wild in downtown San Francisco. So. You're free, chimps. You, Enjoy the right. rest of your short lives, I guess. <laughs> to get hit by vehicles in this tunnel full of cars. Or then, die in an environment that you are not suited to and yes. does not presumably have the food or, you know, like resources that you're used to. That's or attack fine. a small child and then have to get shot. I don't know, man. I think the book does end up saying that they were found in like 
ended up going to the gardens to live, you know, the peaceful life of a zoo animal or whatever. Mm-hmm. But like these kids did not know that was going to happen no, like that. No. And and I think that that's the whole thing with this whole chimp plan was that it was supposed to be kind of implied that Cassie kind of was bullshitting with the whole, oh, I don't know if they're actually chimps or not in order to release these chimps. Like that was what she wanted. Uh, but like. That seems not Cassie. Exactly. That's wildly out of character. So either she was being stupid to be like, oh, maybe it's not chimps for real. Or she was like being stupid to be like, I must release these chimps into the hills of San Francisco. (sighs) So they can live and be an invasive species. Like what? Oh my God. (laughs) Like I can't believe that Cassie, Miss Environmentalist has not read about like yes how alien species are bad for environments <laughs> like don't release she would animals know. any she other book known. she would have been like we just have to become some other morph and be on their fur until right we get there because that's the smart thing to do here instead of being like we must replace these chimps so they can be free that is the only good thing for them is to be free in san francisco in san francisco shove him out of the back of a moving truck what this really was was the backdoor pilot for applegate's new series about six chimps running the streets of san francisco and fighting crime <laughs> first of all i would 100 percent read that their time with the yerks has changed them oh my god yes they can now speak and fight crime mm-hmm. they can throw a punch shoot lasers out of their eyes i don't know <laughs> it practically writes itself <laughs> the vandalites lock themselves in the chimpanzee cages and they go inside the lab and i got there's a little bit of commentary here about how sentient the chimps are and if they should feel bad about morphing into them and how lame cassie is for not wanting the chimpanzees to be experimented on like goes a lot of different directions here um but what it all boils down to is they shouldn't feel bad because how could the chimps say yes or no? <laughs> and that's well, that's, that's from one Cassie's interpretation. Mouth. That's from Cassie's mouth. <laughs> Look, this book was a mess. The girl was all over the place. Um. Anyway, they get inside the lab and they're locked up in individual cages and Cassie demorphs to let them all out. But then Visser 3 enters the room and Cassie has to remorph really quickly, but she can't do it before Visser 3 would be able to see her. So Marco comes up with a great idea that all the bandalites should fling their chimpanzee poop at Visser 3. And <sighs> Visser 3 is super mad about it and he demands that they kill all the chimpanzees for their insubordination and he orders <laughs> the taxons to come and eat them all. I am totally 100% on Visser 3's side here, though. If any creature started to fling its poo at me and I had control of a species of alien that looked like giant centipedes that would come and eat literally anything, I'd be like, all right, boys, chimps back on the menu. (laughs) I was also going to say, in Visser 3's defense... 
they have stated that the part of the plan that involves the chimpanzees is over. So like, true, true. They've, they've so why finished... they got a new delivery today is because they didn't know. Mister Three came in and he was like, "What's good? Are you guys done experimenting?" And they're like, "Yeah." And he's like, "Cool. We don't need any more chimps. Cancel tomorrow's delivery." <laughs> we've been we've been running through chimps at six a day. <laughs> We can't we can't release them because then they'll tell the media what's been going on here. <laughs> Haven't you heard about those chimps that are loose in the streets of San Francisco? <laughs> they're taking they're taking back the city. It's only a matter of time before the finger points to us. The, <laughs> the animal testing facility that's been ordering an extraordinary number of chimps. Six chimps a day. Where did we get these chimps? Who knows? Who knows? I <laughs> Aren't chimpanzees like endangered? I had, mm, time to do our thing. Time to do that thing where we Google. Are chim chimpanzees endangered? I forgot what I was googling. Status. They are uh, not extinct. Thanks, Google. I know that they are endangered. Yes, one hundred seventy-two thousand to about 300,000. I wonder if that's in the wild or altogether. I don't know. Either way, kind of depressing. Yeah. So Visser 3 decimated the chimpanzee Because population. he was ordering six a day in order to do his experiments, his dark <laughs> experiments. I want, I want human controllers in every zoo across the nation. I must have more chimpanzees. And everybody thinks it's for the experiments, but actually, really, Visser 3 just really likes these fuzzy guys. Mm-hmm. He does. He likes how aggressive they can be while looking so cute. He's like, look at them in their almost human faces. Oh, how I've they been, make me laugh. I've been teaching them sign language. Or is that just gorillas? I don't <laughs> I know. I think that's gorillas. I'm not sure. I've been teaching them how to use more complex tools. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Like the Iron Maiden I keep in my bedroom. <laughs> this isn't a bad plan, though, now that I'm talking it through. If I was Visser okay. 3, I would collect okay. all the chimps. And, I mean, I know that their actual plan is, like, world domination or whatever, so it wouldn't appeal to them. But for the, like, you know, a possible solution would be, you know, just teach chimps to be slightly more evolved and then give them to the Yerks. A human controller finally showed Visser 3 the movie Planet of the Apes. <laughs> and Visser 3 was like, fucking Eureka. <laughs> Give me all of the opposable thumbs now. <laughs> oh, this are three, you beautiful idiot. So before the taxons can come into the room to eat everybody, Cassie demorphs again and starts to let all the chimpanzees and bandalides out of their cages. And then she morphs back into a chimpanzee. And then they fight the taxons as chimpanzees and get away. So now there's like 26 chimpanzees out in the wild, plus these six bandalite children. Just overrun with chimpanzees. And Cassie's not like, hey, let's try to run back to the garden or the zoo or a forest or something. She's just like, got a blast. <laughs> Cassie also, like, I feel like, Cassie had the resources to be like, hey, my mom, who's a vet and works with the garden, we were out cruising through this area and we saw <laughs> some was loose like, what chimps. What the fuck were you doing? What were you doing? Excuse me? 
Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. But look, the thing is, we saw some chimps. Can you go, like, shoot them with trank darts? Like, it's yeah, just wildly yeah. irresponsible that they did nothing. They were like, well, someone else's problem now, I suppose. We're just children now. We're ch- we changed out of chimp form, so we're just some kids. We can't handle this. <laughs> can't do anything except save the world. It's not on the agenda. Cassie, you can add it to the Trello board for the upcoming to-do, but right mm-hmm. now we're focusing on stopping the yerk, So The whole yerk thing. That's uh-huh. really number one. Priority. Numero yeah. uno. Yeah. So your little chimp pet project is going to have to sit on the back burner for a little while. Um, <laughs> so not having found anything useful at all at this facility, they decide to go hit the meatpacking plant next. The meatpacking planet. Um, so their first step in the plan is to get cow morphs because of there's like that biofilter thing that kills anyone that doesn't have the right DNA in their body or whatever. So they decide Axe and Tobias will become cows and everyone else will become flies that sit in their nostrils so they can all get in undetected. Which I don't. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I understand. Like, why didn't they just become a human? They know that humans can get in because there are humans walking in. that's where they drew the line and they will not morph a human. But Axe has a human morph that is just their DNA. So just have Axe be his human morph and they can all pop in his mouth or whatever as bees and he can go in as and a human with a mouthful and he opens bees. his mouth to say hello and then a stream and of five bees, bees flies out surprise attack motherfucker bees, attack. <laughs> I just feel this was stupid this was an extremely dumb plan and also what happens because of it is dumb mm. um, Tobias and Axe Wait, hold on. Yes. So Axe and Tobias pick up steer morphs. And in case you didn't know, steers are bulls that have been neutered, so they're not aggressive. Cool. But also, if you remember how the Animorph DNA shit works, it gets rid of all of the wounds of the creature. And so when Tobias and Axe morph into the steers, they become bulls with huge balls. And they become super aggressive towards each other. And then... They almost do a fight, but then the book's like, uh, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> then why the fuck did we even mention this? Because we need to know how aggressive and full of testosterone these boys are. Their their testicles are huge. They're the, the biggest things I've ever seen. So aggressive and mean. It's all a commentary. I don't. I didn't follow. I guess. <laughs> doesn't matter they all get they all go into the meat packing plant it works they're able to get in marco does a thing where he drives a car and they mention something that happened in a megamorphs book three years ago um (laughs) and (laughs) tobias and axe are basically forced into the assembly line that kills the cows and axe is up next to be dead and it's super close and he almost dies but rachel she demorphs from the fly and becomes a grizzly bear and she attacks the person about to kill axe so he is saved and then there is some fighting hork bajir are there (laughs) and the bandalites are all in their predator morphs now and they eventually 
Yeah, classic. They never try any other tactics like becoming the Hork-Bajir morphs that they have. <laughs> Just be knives! <laughs> don't understand. Uh, but they, they eventually are able to barricade themselves into a room that has a bunch of computers and a little human controller and also a bunch of humans in cages that are in some sort of biostasis. And... The Mandalite's like, what the fuck? And the little human is like, well, Visser 3 has us working on something called Project Obedience, which is a Good name. Good name, Visser 3. You're so good at coming up with names, by which I mean that's a shit name, you dumbass. (laughs) Got him. It's a medication that the Yerks are making that is supposed to remove humanity's free will. And Cassie's like, you <sighs> fucking idiots. You fucking morons. You absolute, you tools. Idiots. I can't believe, <laughs> can't believe you fucking be this stupid. morons tried to do this. Well, and just suck my dick, you dumb assholes. <laughs> and everyone's like, whoa, Cassie, what's going on? Like, you fuckers, you can't get rid of free fucking will. That's fucking preposterous. I'm going to go let some chimps out of their cages now. And you can't stop me. You can't even try with your yeah. little drugs and your little obedience and your lacking free will. Just try, buddy. Just try it. <laughs> Just try and make me change my mind. Ugh. Can't do it. They could have just um, done the Planet of the Apes plan. But instead, they wanted to go after humans. They got greedy. Visser 3 got greedy. Um, and the controller is like, well, you're right, Cassie. We couldn't get anything to work. And we tried to tell the Visser that his plan was stupid. But he was like, do it or die. So we've just been lying to him and pretending we made a medicine. And uh, Visser 3 is like, great. Now let's put it in everyone's McDonald's hamburgers. And uh, that's <laughs> what brings us here find today. Out. Yeah, yeah. Visser very... is the 45th president of the United States, is what it is. I was going to say it's very Emperor's New Clothes, but you right. <laughs> so <laughs> they're, they're going to put this made-up medicine in the hamburgers, make the Visser feel very productive. Um, It's going to be Though huge. he would... He would be real confused when it didn't work. I don't know what their plan was for after. I think their plan literally was like, because the, the, they're like, fuck, now that it's come down to this, he's just going to kill us. Because like, I think they realize mm. that this is kind of, they've been stalling as long as they can. This is the end of the line for them. Because they're like, please take me with you. Yeah. <laughs> please, please destroy this facility and everyone in it. Um, and then the, the Bandalites free all the humans and escape, but we don't know how it's done because that all happens off the page. The end. And also like, <laughs> what? The, uh, Cause the humans are like all, there is this great, by which I mean terrible b- part where it's kind of revealed that the humans are all like people who are unhoused at the moment. Um, yes. and they're like, oh, this shelter sucks. I'm going to another or whatever. <laughs> it's like, that, uh, really? <laughs> like, 
I feel like there would be more ramifications to like kidnapping a bunch of people and them getting free after being experimented upon for months. Like feels I feel a like classist Amy Garvey. Mm, and it also yeah it just feels like you're trying to come up with some reason that these people didn't go to the media and be like hey aliens are a thing mm-hmm. because we can't the same have that reason happen. that the people driving the cars didn't go right. to the media about just... how the chimpanzees got out of the fucking vehicle in the first place because <laughs> then there would be no book series is the reason uh, <laughs> the, that's the not a good reason at all they're getting really lax in their security of the past mm-hmm. few books and in an upcoming book too, which I will need to discuss with you at that time mm-hmm. in two weeks when you guys will sure. be with us, but in about 20 minutes for us. it I, I feel like something, I can't help but feel something's going to come back and bite them in the ass soon, and I'm real nervous for it. I feel like it might be, I, I know I'm chalking a lot of stuff up to like ghostwriters, but I feel like it might also be that where like with Applegate, when she and Michael Grant, her husband, who co-wrote the series, when they were working on it, like, they were aware, like, they can't have, like, the Animorphs do stuff that would almost get them discovered every book because that builds up, right? Whereas if you have different people writing each book, they are not going to be as cognizant of that, I feel like. They're going to be like, oh, well, it's probably okay. I mean, I'm not writing about them getting caught in this book. I'm just writing about them doing a bunch of dumb stuff. But then because everyone's doing that, like... It builds up and it kind of suspends disbelief a little bit where it's like yes. someone would notice some of these things. Like you can't, it can't be, they can't be this bad all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Agreed. Hmm. Anyway, that was this book. It literally does just end. They all go eat hamburgers. Yay. But That's we don't get weird. any of the good stuff about how they escaped this this meatpacking planet or like are gone again it felt like there was all this stuff about like oh maybe eating meat isn't so good and then they all go get hamburgers and it's like y'all did you i mean i'm not saying y'all have to become vegetarians yeah but i'm like if if i and this i guess gets right into my morbid moment which is when they're almost killed at the meatpacking plant i also hated that if I had just lived through that, I wouldn't want to go get a hamburger immediately no, after. No, absolutely not. I'm I, not sure it would put me off meat forever, but it would certainly put me off meat for the next 24 hours. Like, yes. When I was 12, my mom took me to the Philippines to visit family. And my grandma lives on this very small island off of a bigger island. Mm-hmm. And they... um. They slaughtered their own pig for dinner as for like a celebratory thing. And that put me off pork for like three years. I can't imagine what it must feel like to almost be the cow that became yeah. a hamburger. And I mean, like, I think it's obviously like different if it is something that you are accustomed to. Like if you are, you know, in the culture that eats pigs and slaughters your own oh, pig yeah. and whatever. Like but you're used to it. it. Was a, but if as, the, as a girl who like, I don't even like to go outside. <laughs> like. <laughs> to to be sitting in a room and listening to the pigs right. terrified squeals for hours and the blood draining it was a lot you guys yeah. so like being the cow and then going and eating hamburger seems intensely fucked up it's it's a little bit uh 
it, it's wild. <laughs> it's a lot of bit wild. As we've discussed in the past, these children are now deeply troubled and all suffering from PTSD. So maybe it's a coping mechanism. I don't know. But <laughs> we're going to eat our fears now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We will overcome our Hey, look, our Marco, fear. it's you. <laughs> Dark humor, gallows humor. Good stuff. Like, Oh, my gosh. Ugh. But yeah, that was my morbid moment was when they, they almost died. And yeah, Axe is thinking do. about they how much he doesn't great... want to die. Yeah, they go into great detail about it and like talk about they 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 have like the little drill thing come down and they're just gonna shoot the cow right in the forehead and mm. it happens to the cow in front of right in front of Axe and then Axe is being pulled up. It's a lot. Yeah. Some might say too much. <laughs> <laughs> so did you have a valuable more for this useless book? Oh, not Cassie man it's not Cassie because although I feel like she kind of got the most accomplished she was just so insufferable sufferable about it that I can't give Very it to true. her mm-hmm. um I'm gonna give it to Marco for the poo-poo scene <laughs> yeah I'm gonna give it to Axe because I feel like he wasn't valuable but it's a pity one this week because yeah. like he went through some stuff Alternatively, you can give it to Tobias because he did all the same exact stuff as Axe in this book, except for he didn't almost die. Mm, that's true. That's a <laughs> he valid was the point. second bull. <laughs> <laughs> Which is why I think I think uh, Axe edges out Tobias a bit because of the the trauma. <laughs> he deserves it. It's he deserves it. Participation trophy this week. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Um, I don't really have any series theories this week. This I think this is one of those books you could just pluck out of the series and no yes. one notice. So I think my only real series theory is uh, this is gonna kind of tying back to what we just talked about. I think again, the animorphs are going to continue to be incredibly lax about security, and it's mm-hmm. never going to become an issue. That's my I prediction. Can see that. Yeah, I think that like it. I think, and this is kind of more of a meta prediction, but I do think that the reason they seem worse about it now is because it's Ghostwriter Zone. Uh, so I think that it's not going to be part of the plot. It's just all the Ghostwriters are going to continue not caring um, mm-hmm, because they mm-hmm. only have to write one or two books, so they don't have to worry about ramifications, and so the ramifications are never going to come up. Fair. I, I think. If anything, this book might show us a little bit about how Visser Three is losing his control over mm, yeah. his Yerks, his position. I don't know. Maybe there will be a downfall of Visser Three soon after 20, 28 books of not catching six children. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, he doesn't know they're children. He thinks That's they're true. mighty Andalite warriors. <laughs> and he's horny for all of them. And he's horny for them all. It's going to be deeply disturbing when he finds out. Oh, my God. Mm. Poor Visser 3. It's truly a tragic character. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. I guess that's kind of it for this episode. It's a little bit short, I feel like, but that's all right. This book was a little bit lacking. It's not one to dwell on. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So next week, I believe we are doing our second part of our weird westerns unit correct yes which i cannot remember the name dawn of right now of damnation or dawn in damnation. dawn in damnation yeah because the town's name is damnation right yes yes by clark casey cool 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 um and then the week after that we're going to be back with another morph monday with the animorphs number 29 the sickness 
ooh, ah, 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 ah. It's disturbed. <laughs> what? It is that song. Dis- oh my god. <laughs> I'm sorry. I wasn't I gonna do reference. it like it actually. It was like "Down with the Sickness" by Disturbed. I'm not gonna. Actually I don't think do I know this song. Yes, you do. It's the one where they go ooh, ah, 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 but they do it like in a really stylized way that I would not be able to pull off. I don't think I know this song. <laughs> I'm sending you a link right now. Hold on, guys. Hold on. Join me here as M realizes she does know this song. Or yeah, you just look it up. You've got a computer. Down with the sickness by Disturbed. It's it's 20 seconds in if you want to fast forward through all the intro stuff. Oh, it's not gonna. I'm not gonna be able to listen to it on this. Hold on, I gotta pull it up on my phone because of the way my audio is set up. <laughs> this on. is definitely worth it, you guys. Just... I mean, this is going to pad the episode a little bit, so and I'm obviously going to cut a lot of the dead air here. Leave it all in. I want it to be as no painstaking. <laughs> That's unacceptable. How about if you just sing it to me? I'm not going to sing it. It'd be so much faster, though. Go on. Oh, I got ads. I forgot. <laughs> I got I think ads. I'm also going to have ads on my phone if I pull it up on I here, didn't but... used to, but then they got rid of Google Play Music, so... All right. Please sponsor us, Domino's. <laughs> Please, Domino's. <laughs> All right. Give me 20 seconds now, so just be patient, everybody. I swear I do not know this song. Oh, you're right. <laughs> part of that song i know it's yeah yeah <laughs> oh, worth man. it worth it <laughs> almost worth it uh, so that'll meantime. be next or two weeks from now in the meantime if you could please send us your impressions of that sound from disturbs down with the sickness you can tweet at us at shelf awarecast or email us shelfawarecast at gmail.com and we would love to play those on the podcast episode um you can also just send us whatever crap you want it's fine we like to talk to people uh as always thank you to ben cope for the use of our theme song you can check out his youtube channel in our show notes below we're also on all of your favorite podcast aggregating platforms so if you haven't followed or subscribed to us on one of those you should probably just not this is a mess (laughs) the past 10 minutes or so no not even that like the past three minutes if that hasn't convinced you then i guess you're stuck with us for life if you use Apple Podcasts, very much appreciate a five-star review. But if you don't, that's okay. You're allowed to talk about us anywhere on the internet you would like. In the words of K.A. Applegate and Amy Garvey, in the annals of stupid, screwed-up, pointless missions, that was the stupidest, most pointless of them all. <laughs> Amen. Thank you, Marco. <laughs> <sighs> Okay, hold on. I have to spit out this candy because it's making my. <laughs> what kind of candy is it? It's a Werther's because I'm a million years old. 
We're going to chomp it real quick. Yeah, just crunch it. This is the ASMR portion of our podcast. Here, I'll drink some water. You hear the ice cubes in my glass? <laughs> oh, there's the wrapper. I was trying to find the wrapper to spit it out, but I couldn't find it. Mm-hmm. Refreshing. Mm. And I've got where there's all in my teeth. This is a disaster. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay.